0: expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers.
1: You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio.
0: Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basilli. In the next hour, Dr. Pat showcases some of the world's most influential people in the fields of health, wellness, and human potential. Get ready to live life full out. Here's your host, Dr. Pat Basili.
1: Hey, everyone. I want to welcome you to the show. Welcome you to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. Hope all of you are having a fabulous, fabulous year so far and an amazing day. Uh, I want to thank you all for all of your comments. I want to thank you for um, all of the feedback you gave us um, in the most recent survey that uh, KKNW did, um, and I just can't thank you enough, um, you know, there was some record-breaking numbers there in terms of how many of you listen and what times a day you listen. and. Uh, I'll tell you, it keeps all of us that do radio shows like this moving in the right direction. so I want to thank you guys for for doing that. Uh, you know part of this is I get to talk to some of the most incredible people. you know I, I, it It never ceases to amaze me um, about the courage that folks have to come out and have a voice to something they believe is pa- that they are so passionate about. And, you know, today's show is like that, you know, um, talking back to Dr. Phil. How many of us have wanted to do that? Alternatives to Mainstream Psychology with counselor, educator, author, and attorney, David Bedrick. He's joining me here today. You know, we live in a society where a pill, potion, or lotion seems to be the best solution for What ails us? Now, this is really interesting for me, and I can't wait to talk to David about this. You know, yesterday I was watching a little TV. Actually, I wasn't watching the TV. The TV was on in the background, and there was a product that came on the TV. I can't even tell you what the name of it is. I don't even know. But it came on the TV, although I do know it was deodorant for men. And uh, I was listening to the the commercial um, just in the background, And it got my attention because there were more disclaimers about this deodorant, everything from getting cancer to death about a deodorant. And you got to ask yourself a question. Guys, is there any one of you out there that would put this thing on your body? I, I mean, I got to ask the question. I, I, you know, as a woman, I know it. Would, I wouldn't go near it. But this was a special product for men, and it really does talk to today's show. We're so easy to look for something that's going to give us a quick fix, something that's going to, you know, help us with our weight, that's going to help us, you know, with our anxiety, that's going to help us with our our conflicts in life. And we're looking for that thing that comes out that we could either take or rub on our bodies or, you know, something quick. But what is it that's really going on out there? You know, what is it that we're looking for? Um, What about getting real, genuine, emotional help? Now, I want to tell everybody out there that on the same day we were talking about drones over our airspace, we were cutting $1.2 billion dollars in aid for people with mental illness. And that is such a broad category. But today's show, we're going to go down the rabbit hole a little bit, and we're going to figure out, for many of you, what it means to talk back to Dr. Phil. You know, what are some of the alternatives to mainstream psychology? You know, why is it some of us spent years, you know, studying psychology and don't actually practice it? especially in the way that we were taught to practice it. But there's something about this that is so important. It is a huge conversation, and David's joining me here today to have it. Um, Spent eight years on the faculty of the University of Phoenix, taught courses in the Navy, 3M. He's done training. He's done development. And, you know, he's joining us here today because he is an expert in mediation and conflict resolution. And so today we get to have a conversation with him about what is it we're looking for and what are we actually getting. David, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here.
2: Thank you, Pat. That was a great introduction. I'm, I'm, uh, you, 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 had, you had me with the, uh, the deodorant and all the uh, side effects. <laughs> a good I, don't,
1: I don't know. I, honestly, I, it was perfect for this show to talk about this a little bit because, uh, it, you know, I, you had to listen to this commercial. I wish I knew the name of it. I don't know because I would have no problem talking about it on air because all I would be doing is repeating um, what they said about it. Uh it was the, you know, we get a lot of disclaimers about things, right? And you know about the, the drugs that are taken for depression or mental illness in general. There's a whole lot of side effects for them. Yeah. Um, but when we are actually considering something for a quick fix, like body odor, that is so toxic, then what actually might we be willing to take or do? Mm -hmm. for something else. Do you see what I'm saying? I mean, have we come to a place in society that we're willing to take that quick fix, even if we're not really sure if it works?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm thinking about, uh, I wrote a fair amount and did some research on weight loss and diet. And so the the first thing I would say is that it's a $60 billion industry, weight loss. That's a Mm -hmm. pretty big industry industry and if you look at the research which i've studied extensively 200 plus peer reviewed studies i've i reviewed 5 to 10% that's generous or the people will be sustainably helped that means most people can lose some weight if they decide to in a short period of time but but maintaining any kind of uh, body size that a person thinks would be best for them that's a question of whether it would be but, uh is a uh, It's highly questionable, so what keeps a person continuing to try anyway? It's a deep question you're actually asking, and it's an important one. The hope that people have deep inside that they will see themselves or be seen differently is a really powerful thing and must be grappled with. If I pin my hopes on someday having a good experience of myself, when I look in the mirror or throughout my day or how I relate to or related to by other people, if I have hopes that that's going to happen by changing something about myself, the way I smell, the way I look, the way I act, etc., that's a pretty darn big hope uh, to grapple with and can't just be pushed aside e- easily.
1: Yeah, and it, it's funny about, you know, taking a, uh, you know, having a conversation like this that really goes very, very deep. You know, uh, when you, when you decided to write the book, uh, talking back to Dr. Phil, uh, alternatives to Mainstream Psychology. What was at the pinnacle of of your frustration? Because usually people like you and me, we take on stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Because there's usually a burr in our saddle, so to speak. You know, there's usually, I mean, look at after my downsizing experience and I was in HR, I went on to study the consequences of loss. I went on to do a whole six year research project on the consequences of broken promises. So I'm so fascinated by the book and what catapulted you, you know, to, to go in this direction. What were you what were you seeing, David?
2: Well well there's a couple of things. Um uh one, the Dr. Phil attitude. I'm I'm mm. I'm stereotyping or summarizing because he's a person Mm -hmm. who has many attitudes that I don't know anything about. So the TV personality attitude, if you will. Yep. Something like this. What are you thinking, you might say, as if people do things because they have a screw loose, because they're stupid, as it were, because they don't get it. Yes, I understand. Many of us don't get certain things. But does that really lead to a deeper change? Is that even psychology? A lot of times it appears more like, like a moral objection. I don't like the way you're acting, right? So do it differently. Well, that's interesting, maybe worthy in a relationship to challenge somebody or in you know, social action, certainly. But is that but the practice of psychology, uh, my my opinion, obviously, is that it's not. Psychology minds the depths of what people are really made of. And instead of thinking, what's wrong with people, I think people are doing things for incredibly powerful, interesting, but often unknown reasons. And that's what interests me about psychology. So, so that that would be the that would be the main thing. I, I've also, if I can say, had a, always had a heart towards those things that are marginalized, whether that's socially, uh, people of different ethnic groups, colors, sizes, shapes, um, backgrounds, abilities. Um, so I've always felt like those, those folks have been injured, but they've been my greatest teachers. I've learned an incredible amount from uh, African-American writers or from people who have different kinds of capacities, looking seemingly less than my own, but have taught me so much about humanity and, and living. And I think that's true inside of us also. So rather than think, what's wrong with somebody because they don't look, act, feel like they would want or I would want, I always find that if I look deeply, I find something split off or or hidden or marginalized in the shadows that actually is an incredible teacher for that person and for myself.
1: Well, you know, the whole idea, I I mean, I think Dr. Ruth used to, you know, do a good job of this. If you remember who Dr. Ruth is, she, you know, I, I know Dr. Ruth is still around, but, you know, she brought the sexy to talking about sex. Right. Um, and did it in a way uh without without putting people in a one down category right. you know you know she did it in a really interesting way i mean half the time if she was if she was teasing you you actually didn't know it <laughs> right. uh, i mean if you ever if you've ever heard her uh you know when she had a radio show and all of this stuff if you ever hear her talk to people it is like that yeah. But I know exactly what you're saying because, you know, both of us who are in this field, right, we understand that the minute that you add environment in the situation, like television and putting people on television, the dynamic then becomes one of the interaction between those two objects or whoever is being on TV, and they're not always like. What happens when you go and you seek either coaching or counseling? Right. It is a television show and that's what people forget. But what I find fascinating is Dr. Phil hasn't forgotten that. You know, this, he gets that this is television. Yeah. Um, and, but people look at this and I think this is what you're saying in the book. You know, people look at this and they think, Oh, this is the way it is. If I go to a therapist, this is going to happen.
2: Right. And we learn to treat ourselves that way. So, uh, if, you, if you stick with the, with, the, with the weight loss theme, but we'll, we should go on to other themes later. Um, I'm thinking of a particular show he had where he had these women who wanted to lose weight. They were about to get married some months down the line, to four or five women, I think. And they said, "We want to fit into a small dress, so we, whatever, are more attractive, feel better about ourselves, etc." So then, what he does is he takes women who are thinner than they are and puts them in a, a, their ideal wedding dress and brings them on the stage and and then and then says more or less this is my motivation and i, and I can't imagine Taking anybody, man or woman, but I can't imagine taking a woman, putting her next to another woman and saying, you're more, you're less attractive than this person, and think that that's going to help somehow. <laughs> it, 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 it's a, it, it can be reduced to a public shaming, but yet we do that to ourselves all the time. People look in the mirror and say, if I were this way, I would be better. If I were this way, I'd be more attractive, with the hope that that self-criticism really, often a shaming, is going to change ourselves. And people mistake that or internalize that as the practice of psychology, right? I'm going to look at myself in the mirror and tell myself I'm unattractive. They don't think it that quite that consciously, but that's what ends up happening inside. And mistake that for the practice of psychological thinking, which it really isn't.
1: Well, I love what we're talking about. We're going to go to a break and come back. You know, I love what we're talking about here, David, because honestly, let's think about this in practical terms. You know, um, I, I know what my mom was like, and if you just sat her up there and, and, and put her next to somebody, you know, that, that, that and, and had Dr. Phil or a figure like Dr. Phil say, this woman's more attractive than you, she would have slapped him silly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and uh, think about it, right? So what part of us actually believes that. So you have to actually believe it, don't you? Yeah. In order for you to even take that kind of criticism or that kind of evaluation. And I think that's what you're talking to, you know, in the book and, and really the lesson for all of us. Um, because, you know, talking back to Dr. Phil is, you, you know, it, it's great to be looking at that, but each of us needs to be doing that. You know, if we're going to entertain ourselves with that kind of media, then we have to know that, you know, there are some things that are just not going to help us. We're going to take a short break here. Talking back to Dr. Phil, uh, David Bedrick is joining us here today. When we come back, we're going to talk about, you know, what is it that goes on in our society? You know, what is it that we take with that pill? You know, why are we so quick to to get something off the shelf? And what happens to the shame and the blame of us maybe having a tough time in our lives? And there are a lot of folks out there right now. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back with The Dr. Pat Show.
0: Hi, my name is Dr. Dane here from Access Consciousness. Are you a seeker, a dreamer, one of those people who's always known that there should be greater possibilities available, but haven't yet been able to create it as your life? I'd like to help. Go to creatinggreaterpossibilities.com where there's a free video and audio series created especially for you. Once again, creatinggreaterpossibilities.com. It's free and it's designed to give you the actual tools that you need to create the life you've always been looking for. Creatinggreaterpossibilities.com.
3: Welcome to Sisters Talk Radio. Awaken the feminine power that glows in your heart. There are just certain heart-to-heart conversations you can only have with your sisters. The conversations you crave when you need to reconnect. Mona and Savitri explore our feminine power as they look at headline topics and what women are talking about. Join us on Sisters Talk Radio, Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific and 5 p.m. Eastern. Only on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Tune in to The Michelle Bond Show, Awaken to a New Reality, Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern. This call-in show with Vedic astrologer, expert, and holistic health practitioner, Michelle Bond, will give you insight to a wide range of topics. This hit show provides healthy, empowering knowledge and information and restores your health and well-being through learning the latest complementary and alternative medicine modalities. Visit TheMichelleBondShow.com.
1: Welcome back everyone. Welcome back. Yep, that's right. Talking back to Dr. Phil, Alternatives to Mainstream Psychology with Counselor Educated Author and Attorney David Bedrick. (laughs) I I gotta ask you before we go on, Attorney and Counselor, that is an interesting combination, but it kind of makes sense, right? You know, uh, as an attorney, How do you use your psych, you know, your background in psychology? Mm
2: -hmm. Well, I haven't been practicing the last couple of years, but I I did for ten years. I practiced uh, almost exclusively family law, and as my interest in psychology would take me, although this wasn't my conscious plan, uh, I ended up getting involved in more difficult custody cases and trying to uh, help those scenes out to make things uh, a little bit easier, uh, less painful, difficult for the, uh, for the vulnerable ones, the children. And um, I ended up actually representing a number of times children themselves, not as, <clears throat> excuse me, what we would call a guardian ad litem, but basically trying to <clears throat> spend time with the kids and represent they are in court, if the parents were really yanking each yanking the kids apart right the solomon solution i 'll have one arm you 'll have another right if that was <laughs> happening it all it happens often t- in smaller ways, but if it was happening really in egregious ways then sometimes the court would actually ask me to go spend some time with the children and then come to court and basically say this is what 's really happening to the children so you know pull, pull the uh, pull the, the the dishes apart or the bank accounts apart but but children sort of have a slightly different – I'm being I'm – being,
1: uh, No, um, I get amazing. it, though.
2: But it's, it's, it's more important for the children. I should,
1: yeah, it is attitude. more important. And yeah. you're absolutely right because we forget that in this day and age with the number of divorces out there. Honestly, you know, we, we really don't stay for the children much anymore. But I wanted to ask that question because I think, you know, what you're talking about is very, very important, especially in the light of all of the movies right now. I mean, even though you may have written your book a couple of years ago, you know, the timing of this is really significant, the conversation, because almost everybody out there knows uh, the movie uh, Silver Linings Playbook. Uh, less of a movie that they know about, which I encourage people to go see is called Side effects, which you'd Law. And you know it is in the mainstream to be able to talk about, Um, mental illness, as we like to call it in our society. But even the phrase bipolar has come to mean something different. And I wanted to ask you about this, because you're talking about alternatives to mainstream psychology, and I think we need to take a moment to describe what mainstream psychology is and what the alternatives might be.
2: Right. Mainstream psychology really takes its, at least in the Western world, right? Psychology, as we know it, has taken its root. From medicine, right? It was, it was, uh, Freud and, and, and others. It was a medical model. The medical model says something like this. If you have a symptom, and a symptom means something that is outside of a norm, right? If your temperature is outside of a small range around 98.6 Fahrenheit, then that's not okay. That's called an illness. That's called a symptom. Or if your body's doing things that are outside a norm, having pains or whatever that would be, or blood pressures, Then that's outside the norm, and then it's called a pathology, a sickness, an illness of a kind, and then if I can reduce that symptom, get rid of that symptom, then you are better, right? If I have a fever or I have an, let's say I have an infection, I might go to the doctor, I probably would if I, if it wasn't healing on its own, and I would get an antibiotic that would anti that symptom and make it go away. Mainstream psychology has more or less had the same orientation in its practice and in people. How do I get rid of my fear? How do I get rid of my anxiety? How do I get rid of my extra pounds? What am I doing wrong? How do I become the kind of person that I think would be good? So, so I'm suggesting that an alternative to that is not looking at ourselves as as having symptoms or pathologies, but things, aspects of us to explore, and that takes a very different attitude. So, if a person says I have anxiety, I think I, my first thought is I don't even know what they mean. How can I possibly treat them? I say, well, what do you mean by anxiety? And that, and 10 people will tell me 10 totally different things in that, that would involve something very different. I might say to someone, tell me about your anxiety. I'm not trying to get rid of it. I'm not trying to heal it away. I'm trying to explore that particular thing. So they might say, uh, well, what do you mean? I'm, I'm anxious. And I'd say, tell me about what it's like, let's say, in your body. Then they could give me a description. Is it in your chest? Is it in your gut? Is it in your in your legs? They might say, well, it's in my solar plexus. I'm thinking of a particular client. And I said, tell me what's in your solar plexus. And they took their hand, you can't see my hand, and they started making like a pulsing motion, like the hand turning into a fist and opening, turning into a fist and opening, showing me what they're calling anxiety is like a pulsing energy or grabbing energy in the solar plexus. Well, that's very interesting to me and different from their initial description. Now, if I ask them, please keep going with that hand motion, show me more about that, I might see that hand opening and closing and then when it closed it might be like a fist and I would say can I put my hand against that fist and feel what that energy is like and they might take that fist and push against me and I'd say I'm, I'm speeding up a session so to speak uh-huh. say, give me give, show me that fist a little bit more and they might go and, and give me a good push with that fist and say I can't stand living in this condition this relationship anymore this this job or this way of treating myself so what they called anxiety ends up being a big power that can't get out that's inside of them. I learned something very different than trying to make them calmer or help them be less anxious or give them massages or soothe them. They don't need soothing. That person needed support to to growl, to use their woof, their energy, their fist to break out of something. I wouldn't have known that unless I open myself to say, I don't really know what anxiety is, but I'm going to get to know you and believe that possibly inside what you're calling a symptom is something that you need. In this case, it was a big power, not something to get rid of. Mm -hmm.
1: well this is really a conversation that's very tricky to even have I mean you know up until recently um, and and I think that you know for many people listening to the show when you live in the world of psychology and you're actually practicing as a practitioner and there are many levels to do that you know there are guidelines that all of us you you know are are being asked to use thousands and thousands of codes Um, and, and yet at the same time There's very little room up until recently, you know, to include alternatives, you know, to what we call traditional or Western approaches for things. And, uh, you know, you, like many others and like myself, you know, we have gotten to the point where we just couldn't do some of the things that we believed would work for people in that arena. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so what are, what are some of the challenges that, y- you know, you're facing or that you've identified for people in order to really provide a different
2: solution? Yeah. I think, you, I think you, you made reference to it and spoke to it at the beginning, and that is that there's such a strong belief system, whether that's brought on by Dr. Phil, but certainly not just him. It's, it's a cultural form. The belief system is if I can get rid of this, I'd be better. So then, people are looking for whether that's through therapy or or Eastern traditional, Eastern untraditional uh, medicines, acupuncture, whatever the people are going to. There's still the basic attitude: if you do this to me, if you put your hands on me, if you put an acupuncture needle, if you give me a pill, if you talk to me, if whatever the method is, can you make this particular thing go away? And the truth is, in my opinion now, and experience. Many times that attitude, how do we make this go away, if I take that attitude on myself, okay, dear friend, I'm going to make that go away, that fear you have, that that uh, relationship pattern, I'm going to make that go away. If I participate in that mentality, I don't know that I end up finding the the deeper truth of what's going to actually help that person. So I think that the difficulty then is that people want that. Make this going away. I don't want to do the same relationship pattern again. And I think, I understand. I feel for that person that they're suffering or wanting something they're not getting or in a pattern that's really hurtful to them. But taking the attitude of, I'm going to get you out of that, tends not to get to the depth that actually helps a person do such a thing.
1: You know, one of the things that we'll talk about when we come back from break, David, is we'll talk about this idea of conflict uh, and boundaries. I, I think this is really a very important conversation to have, you know, because we are in relationships now all the time. Um, and just to take relationships, David, in the workplace, for example, you know, the old idea of building trust and commitment and loyalty is not really at the forefront much anymore. And so people are living most of their lives um, in in an environment which which some have called one of the most uh, unstable environments or relationships that we have to to date. And so I want to talk to you about what it is we can learn from relationships that is so not what we see on Dr. Phil or what we see on reality television you know, what are the new rules of relationship building, if there are any? Uh, we're going to take a short break right here on the Dr. Patch. I want to thank you all for tuning us in, turning us on. If you want to find out more about the book or get your copy of it, go to TalkingBackToDrPhil.com, TalkingBackToDrPhil.com. You'll be able to find a lot about David. Um, there are classes there. There are speaking information there, excerpts from the book, and much more. Let's take a short break, everyone. We'll be right back hot topic relationships what are they and what are they not today stay tuned we'll be right back
3: Tune in each Tuesday at 12 Pacific, 3 Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com for Quantum Techniques Talk Radio. Bring healing to chaos. This hit show will empower you to take charge of your own healing and take back your life. You'll be reminded of your innate connection to the divine through the teachings of world-renowned healing practitioners who will provide the tools necessary to discover how to heal yourself and others. Did you know you can even prevent disease? absolutely get ready to invoke the miracle of self-healing physical or non-physical causes of stress pain and illness discover toxins pathogens structural issues trauma emotions relationships generational issues spiritual problems and wrong beliefs blocking you from living a phenomenal life break free from the chaos and take charge of your own healing visit quantumtechniques.com for more information Ladies, are you living an inspired life? Do you yearn for a more passionate, dream-filled life? Laura Longley is on a mission to remove stuckness from your life for good and replace it with happiness. Tune in each Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern for Blue Heron Wisdom Radio with Laura Longley, where authentic change takes flight. Say yes to that inspired you and goodbye to your stuckness as Laura and her guests deliver powerful ways to work through common problems in this fun and unique hit show. Check out Blue Heron Wisdom Radio with Laura Longley on TTRnetwork.com.
1: Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. You know, um, what a great show. The conversation I'm having is with David Bedrick, and we're talking about talking back to Dr. Phil. That's his book, Alternative to Mainstream Psychology. And, you know, I want to make a statement, and I think this is really kind of good to make this statement a little bit, David, is we're not saying, or at least I'm not saying, that all of you out there that practice psychology are like Dr. Phil. Um, we're, what, what we're experiencing is all of us that say yes to this field. You know, we're in the trenches, seeing what's working, what's not. And as David has done, you know, he is seeking out alternative ways to approach life, alternative ways, you know, to to really look at ourselves and alternative ways to understanding that it's our birthright to shine. You know, it's not our birthright to be put down, to be criticized, you know, to be scolded. I mean, that didn't work for us as kids for the most part. That's kind of why we're sitting here talking about this. <laughs> David, David, I know, right? David, I mean, really, when did beating your child ever work? I mean, we know the consequences of that right now, don't we? Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. The, 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 the quote-unquote tough love is, is needed in certain circumstances, for yep. certain, in certain moments, in certain conversations, but as an overall approach, not so good. In moments, absolutely necessary, but it's, it's, it, if it's long-lasting attitude, uh, it, yeah, I think the negatives far outweigh the positives. But well, let's talk, yeah,
1: yeah, let's talk about relationships for a minute, because before the break, I was chatting about that, and I, and, and, and I wanted to really break this down. Um, you know, using this talking back to Dr. Phil model, I think it's a perfect conversation to have, because... Uh, You know, don't you think, David, him being on air, he's demonstrating a certain relationship that a psychologist has to their client. And, I mean, if we even started with that point of view and talk about that for a little bit, what do you think the impression is on the public?
2: That's a huge huge thing. I'm I'm thinking of one show where a woman came on. uh, I I don't want to tell the whole story. It will take too long. But essentially, uh, a man and woman are married. He has some kind of physical illness. I can't remember what it was. I think maybe it was a liver problem, but I could be wrong about that. And and so he has a genuine physical illness and is struggling. And their life over a couple of years, the man and woman, is to revolve around his illness. And that's not surprising. right? And, and, and her efforts, and he's working less, and she's spending more time dealing with the finances and, and caring for him. And she, after a couple of years, is starting to not only want to be doing that, right, that we shouldn't be too surprised about that either, and starts thinking, am I being overly, am I being insensitive, she, she asks Dr. <laughs> Phil, Am I, is there something wrong with me, as it were, for not wanting to be spending all my time doing this, and he says to her more or less, you know, insensitive, you're worse than that, right, how could you not be with this person who you love caring about them all the time and have other kinds of feelings, so I thought... Uh, in terms wow. of the, the approach to the client, I think, well, gosh, anybody who cared for another person for a length of time who doesn't have some feelings of when do I, when is it my turn, I would be shocked, right? If they couldn't say that, I'd be nervous about that. Mm-hmm. Second of all, the person is a woman who is used to being, at, in, in their generation on the show, a relatively in a caretaking role, not supporting the the movement in, of her personal life or career life as well, right? Not that that shouldn't be a, the only the only agenda. So to miss that, the gender aspect of that, that maybe this is a woman who has her own life to live, the healing possibilities of having her be a little bit less there all the time and having him wrestle with some of those, some of those symptoms, and, the, and then, in a sense, affirming her diagnosis. You're an insensitive person, right? I think uh, that's a relationship that I don't think is going to go very far. If he gets her to be more quote-unquote sensitive, we should expect that not to last because there's something in her we're not addressing which is probably a background need if she's anything like the clients i have to further something in her own life.
1: Yeah, that is really the paradox. Remember yes. i said to you and i think i said it i don't know if i said it on air, <clears throat> you know, but there <laughs> is there when we're talking about relationships i think <laughs> i'm being kind by talking about paradox. I, I really do. <laughs> I think it's a kind term to describe what's happening out mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Because, you know, the flip side of this is, you know, the statement, I think it's from the American Psychology Psychological Association, that they want to declassify the term narcissist because they think everybody is one. I mean, did you read that? <laughs> no, I didn't I read mean, that. I mean, they were serious about it. I was like, what? you got to be kidding. Uh, and, and that's not really true. You, you know, it, I, I did a show with a woman who talked exactly, David, like you did. And she said, you know what? So long as we were in an environment where men were asking for what they want, it was okay, kind of. Okay. You know, but now we're in a different environment where we're trying to get on equal footing. And women are asking for a sense of freedom. And, um, and now it becomes, you know, controversial. Not just in psychology, but it becomes controversial in a lot of platforms. I wanted to ask you about this, you know, because, when we get married, you know, there's this old idea, and now the gay population, at least in the state of Washington here, here, um, gay marriage has been legalized. You know, we now are looking at vows that were so traditional, and you're watching the gay population change them, and it, it's fascinating to me. You know, do we make promises that we're not really sure we're ever going to keep?
2: Such such, a, I, I love what you're saying. Yeah, a, a, a Dr. Phil type. Statement, but it would be, again, not just, not just him, would be, would be something like compromise is what makes our relationship go. I think he said that to some people who are having a conflict on his, on his show. But many of us think that. And compromise is really important. We need to learn to do that. However, the emphasis on compromise above all else as the, as the, the central tenant for working out difficulties or conflicts is way overused. For instance, if we starting a relationship, and we have a minor problem between us.
0: <laughs> right. At
2: what time can you work out something? What time can I work out something? And right. it's not too important. We'll probably right. both compromise. But if that issue is important or has some or some background baggage, I've stood you up three, four times already. It's not going to work. We need to hear something more about your opinions about what it's like to, to wait for me four times and why you might not be willing to do that. But and then I give it as a small example because background difficulties that have has some sustainingness, like this has happened a number of times, or background needs that don't know how to get addressed, often get marginalized. So I might Let's do this with our money. Let's, let's do this around kids. It's not exactly what I want. Or let's live this kind of lifestyle around, uh, you know, financially, but, uh, it's not exactly right for me, but I'll make some sacrifices. Great. Love those attitudes, that capacity to sacrifice and compromise. Critical. But if those sacrifices are deeper background needs and aren't further discussed, Just like in that woman in the show I talked about, there's going to be a, we could call it a resentment, but a resistance to continuing making that sacrifice that will build over time. And at some point, it will come out. It's going to come out either by someone having an affair or doing something that they're not supposed to do or spending money anyway or having problems or getting sick or saying, I don't want to do this anymore at best, right? But so in a, in that way, if we push the people to compromise too quickly, those background needs never get really addressed and resolved. Other than by trying to be nice to each other, great. But that's not going to sustain. Once the once the once the fire starts coming, it's going to get quite hot, and it might have built way too long to hold.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things that I think we're talking about is, you know, I don't really watch Dr. Phil, so I'm not sure how much follow-up goes on, but, you know, let's just talk about this from a, from the a perspective of what, you know, counseling is, is a bit about. You, you know, I don't know about you, but I've never gone to a counseling session just one time. I mean, m- maybe that's out there, um, but we get the impression that, okay, you're on Dr. Phil, you're going to get this thing going, and then where do you go from here? Right. And I want to talk about this when we come back because, you know, there's this blame and shame uh, and regret that is not being talked about right now. You know, a, a lot of it is the underpinning for, you know, the high rise in depression. Uh, suicides are on it, yeah, just c- climbing. And yet we're just experienced a, what is it, uh, David, I mentioned the $1.2 billion cut. mental care let's take a short break when we come back we're going to talk about some of the things that you know each of us should know about with alternative treatments what we can do today and how we might be able to help our loved ones and others stay tuned we'll be right back with the dr pat show
3: See do you play enough in your life? What if play and the absolutely ridiculous were the place that creativity and your brilliance hide out? Did you know that laughter and play are the elements of change? Let's unleash the playful, creative you. Join Brenda St. Louis on November 20th at 6 p.m. Pacific for a free telecall. A play date with the Ridiculous. This is the beginning of a six Playdates with the Ridiculous series. Sign up now at knowthatyouknow.com slash playdate. Get your silly on and register now. Tune in each Sunday at 11am Pacific, 2pm Eastern Time on transformationtalkradio.com for The Awakening Radio with Patricia. This hit show awakens your dormant divine feminine energy. The Awakening show is the next step on your evolutionary journey through life. Get ready to awaken the dormant seedings within you, your soul's encodement, power and purpose, and bring this forward with confidence and clarity through the power of your own voice. This show pro Promises to boldly go where you've been before. You just need to remember, be inspired, become rewired with the Awakening Radio. Visit awakeningradio.com for weekly topics.
0: Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basili. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5788. Now back to the program. Here's Dr. Pat Basili.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Great conversation. I'm so glad I got to chat here, you know, with uh, David about talking back to Dr. Phil. Um, alternatives to mainstream psychology. Before we kind of wrap this up a little bit and talk about a couple of really important things here, what else should people know? Um, you know, the website I gave out before, talkingbacktodrphil.com, um, there's a lot of information here. Is this a good place to send folks, David?
2: Yeah, the Talking Back to DrPhil.com uh, site, people can, whatever, they can see me on videos or or uh, interviews on television, listen to other radio kinds of things, or get uh, access to things I write for, uh, the Advocate Psychology Today, There's um, a few other places that I'm writing for that could read excerpts of the book. Um, I also do, kind of like you, some therapy and, and coaching people. I do a lot of phone and Skype work so if people are interested in having a chat you know they can find my number there and I'd be happy to talk to them
1: awesome yeah. um, we talked about a lot of things today uh, you, you know and certainly the book outlines m- much more but what would you say is, you know the greatest opportunity is for people to take a look at al- the alternatives to mainstream psychology what will be what will they discover david
2: mhm i think people are incredibly beautiful intelligent and have a profound, I will call it, spirit inside them. And I think, as opposed to thinking, what's wrong with me when we have difficulties, which is easy to think because our difficulties are disturbing. We don't want them to continue. But if people delve into whatever they find is difficult, and this is hard to believe when one's suffering, I understand that, and that needs a lot of compassion. When people delve into that, they will find that there's a seed in every single difficulty that is incredible if it's if it's watered nurtured given enough sun it can flower and they will find aspects of their greatest beauty despite their body size not that they shouldn't change it if they want to but they will find an incredible beauty and knowing that will make it a lot easier to change their body than not knowing that um they will find an incredible intelligence built into what's happening intelligence about how to relate who they are what kinds of things to move towards? How to schedule and find their own rhythms? Those are built into our difficulties, and they will find meaning, and, uh, and uh, as it were, a spirit built into their into their difficulties. Just like I described the person with the uh, with the anxiety, they found a certain power that, to make a life change in there. I've never seen that not true. Mm. It just takes a certain care, but not years of care. It even within thirty minutes, twenty minutes often a person can begin to see by having the right reflection, the right witness, mm-hmm. as it were, that, oh, my gosh, I didn't know that inside this sensitivity, which I think is just getting me hurt all the time, was an acute, uh, genuine sensitivity, an ability to feel, to care, to notice, to be aware maybe in ways that other people aren't, in, that there's gifts inside them. Anyway, I'm obviously very passionate about that, but if I could change people's mindset, <laughs> I would say... Please don't pathologize yourself. Look at yourself like something's wrong. There's something incredible in there. And with the right look, you will see that.
1: Right. I think that term is really important, pathologize yourself. I mean, clearly there are some, you know, folks that I think our society has had to put a pathology label around. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I mean, folks understand sometimes when we're talking about psychopathic people, serial killers, I mean, folks relate to that. Yeah. But yet, in a sense, they don't even know what that means. Uh, right. I, and then in the other sense is we have so many different categorized that, you know, mm-hmm. we can classify ourselves. And, you know, now we're talking about that shame-blame thing and you know living with that for for people has been devastating you know what do we say to folks is there hope for them to move beyond you know the shame the blame the guilt yeah
2: absolutely those
1: those are killers
2: absolutely Get, stop stopping the shame I, i'm with you if, if i could do one thing to if i knew how to do one thing everyone should have their the thing that they matter most it would be to remove that shame I'm 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 a defective, broken, some, uh, uh, sick, so to speak, person, and that's why. <laughs> it's not other reason. That's why I am that way. You know, we were talking about uh, uh, Dr. Ruth and sex earlier, and yeah. I was thinking about. I, I haven't looked at this data uh, in, in in some years, but some years back I did, and the number one um, uh, drug on the planet, in terms of the amount of it was sold, was Viagra. Right. Yes. Yeah, sorry, right? So a, a male type person like myself says, uh, I'm not performing, I'm not ready, hot, and waiting whenever I'm supposed to, whenever I think I should be. And if I go to a doctor, I'll be, I'll be that way. Without ever exploring why that might be true. So I had a, a couple come to see me not too long ago. And uh, and they were they wanted to talk about sexuality and he was feeling somewhat ashamed that he wasn't performing ready and ready and will, willing etc. As we, we can all understand that's what he, he was concerned about that and his partner was also like yeah what's going on Is that person not attracted to me and they just did a very simple few things I said let's assume that being ready and waiting is not exactly you yet. What's it like? Well, I'm not as tough and strong, if I could use the word hard and not only a playful way, right, as yeah. I think I should be. I said, how about being, let's explore what it's like to be a softer, tenderer person. He looked at me like, why would I do that? I want to get rid of that, right? So I can yeah. do what I'm, be the man I think I'm supposed to be. I said, let's just try for a little while. And he looked a little bit timid, and then his wife reached out to him, and he pulled back ever so slightly. I said, that's so interesting that you pull back. Can you pull back a little bit more? Well, I shouldn't do that. That's going to be hurtful, and I should be going. I said, I understand. Can you pull back a little bit more? And he pulls back a little bit more. I said, what goes on? And he goes, well, I just feel really slow. We haven't really talked about certain things in a while. All this deep conversation that he wants to have with her comes up. They start having that conversation. Pretty soon, they're holding hands and having this very intimate conversation and really getting interested and attracted to each other. So by pulling back, they come forward. So rather than anti his lack of performance, as it were, I went with it. I said, maybe there's something beautiful in there, and then a whole new track, a new pattern of intimacy from going away and in and then coming out. That was his pattern. Some people should do it opposite than that. But then I'm not pathologizing, shaming his capacity, fixing, as it were. I'm thinking, maybe there's something intelligent in your system that's not acting the way you, you think it should, as opposed to something... Stupid, that should be changed.
1: I love that this conversation because you know this you just gave a brilliant example of uh, of how to reinvent um, sex, sexual relationships I mean this is really what we're being called for but you know you can also take that you know take that, that approach that outline to, that you just used for many many things in life yeah. you know and, and folks are really at a place where you know they need something like this uh, a kinder gentler idea about who they are and how they should be with each other thank you so much for joining us here today thank you it's been great to have you on the show
2: Thank you, Dr. Pat. It's been great talking with you. I love your conversational style. You're a passionate, uh, passionate woman.
1: Well, I'll tell you, we need more more people like you, more books like this. So thank you for doing what you do. And for all of you out there, you know, um, you can get a copy of the book. You can find out more about David and his work. And, and you, you know, just go to TalkingBackToDrPhil.com, and Check it out. Thank you all for tuning us in, turning us on. And uh, we'll see you next time on the Dr. Pat Show. Later on today, uh, if you're going to tune in, we've got some real exciting. Breaking news for all of you, and congratulations, as uh, my great grandmother would say to the Doctor Pope. Uh, the uh, she would call him the new Pope, the new the new amazing Father of Fathers, and so a new energy, a first for a lot of folks. Thank you so much for tuning us on. We'll see you next time.
4: Thank you for joining us today for the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. The Dr. Pat Show can be heard live every Thursday at 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. Pacific on voiceamerica.com and Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. on KKNW, a.m. 1150. So join Dr. Pat live or listen 24-7 at www.thedrpatshow.com.
0: stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast all the time, the number one Transformation Talk Radio
1: Transformation Talk Radio, a higher consciousness perspective. The hosts on Transformation Talk Radio offer a positive and new paradigm shift, a new vision for a collective future. They are empowering and and the barriers of water became freeways.
3: Join Dr. Pat as she launches this exciting venture. To host a show, call
1: 1-800-930-2819 or email host at TransformationTalkRadio.com. Transformation Talk Radio is designed to attract people like you and like me. Millions of people across the globe are looking to up-level their lives. If you have a message I want to take it out on Transformation Talk Radio, make sure you give us a call 1 800 930 2819 or send an email to host at transformationtalkradio.com and get ready to host your own show on one of the fastest growing transformative networks in the world. Transformation Talk Radio. Transformation Talk Radio. A higher consciousness perspective.